If you're a high school junior or senior in the upcoming school year and attend high school at Jonathan Alder, Hilliard, Dublin, Marysville, or London, become a Flashes O'Fun ambassador, you'll receive a free mini photo session and a social media star. That could be you. Flashes of Fun will help you get a free senior session, Amazon gift cards, and more by referring friends. Go to flashesofun.com to apply. And Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils has extended its 38% discount on bulk mulch purchases. Kurtz Brothers has returned over $80,000 to the local economy via extending a 38% discount to you on a Visa gift card when you buy your mulch in bulk at Kurtz 4 Central Ohio locations. Find out how at kbcolumbus.com. Use the promo code KBCARES. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. It's going to be a weird year if, let's say, Ohio State loses a game because Justin Fields is COVID positive and they won't let him play. And so Ohio State trots, you know, Gunner Hoke out there for Penn State, or they trot, you know, Jack Miller or CJ Stroud out there for Penn State, and Penn State happens to win the game, and that's how Penn State gets in the Big Ten title game. And is that a fair representation? No, because they didn't play Ohio State at full strength. But, you know, people will they'll be, guess what? We'll find something to disagree about, right? We're good at that, Mr. Spielman. But hopefully not you and I disagreeing today. It's so nice to have you back on a Monday, June 28th edition. Well, Spielman and Hooley, We Tackle Life Pump. Thank you. You did I, not get Wally pipped. I hate uh, being back. No, just kidding. Although uh, Doug Maurice was fantastic on I'm uh, sure Doug. Wednesday. Doug's a pro. Doug's a pro. Did you and go solo Friday? I went solo Friday. Short, yeah. to the point. Uh, Justin Fields, just on that point, before yes, I get started point, and yes, give you a little, a little recap, I you just treat it like a guy's injured. You know, that's just the way it is. That's It'll give it. us one more thing for the college football playoff committee to debate sure, about. Sure, sure. And I think that's something that, that they do take into consideration. Mm-hmm. And first of all, recap of the vacation. It was... Mr. Fabulous. Spielman was a week away in Lake Michigan with uh, Rick Spielman and family. Yeah, with Chris Spielman and, and uh, Rick's in-laws, and who uh, I know well, and so it was kind of a, a nice big giant family reunion type thing. And uh, I took my minions, all six of them. I took uh, my wife, obviously. Yes. So that's eight. Mm-hmm. Then I took all the minions. Uh, vultures. Although also my daughter known as, also known as boyfriends, <laughs> boyfriends. and girlfriends. No, no, just boyfriends. Just boyfriends. My, I, my. Uh, so Noah did my, Noah make the trip? Yeah, Noah yeah. and his and wife. Lauren and uh, they. He's she's not a vulture because she asked what her status was, and I said you're in. Don't worry about it. Once you're, you you're, say I do, you're in. Yes, you're, you're not a vulture. I got to tell you, the vultures were uh, very helpful. It's interesting. Uh, what we did was the best thing, and I'm going to advise this to all our listeners out there mm-hmm. that if you're of the age where all your daughters have boyfriends and you know there's a relationship there and mm-hmm. you take them on vacation or whatever you do or they're at the house or they're at their age where you know they can help. And my biggest rule was two things we did. One is that each couple was uh, responsible for the dinner and the entertainment for the evening. One, so, one particular night they were responsible? Yeah, okay. yeah. so uh, the reason for the dinner was it, they're invested, right? They, they sure. have to make it. It was fun. It was fun for them to do. I think they enjoyed the experience. And the entertainment was 
was fun. And that turned into competitions, of course. And they all competed very well. Actually, I gave them all a grade sheet at the end of the week uh, and, and rated them as uh, what, you know, one of the guy that won first team all vacation dominant in spike ball. First uh, team all vacation. Yeah. I, I gave him honorable <laughs> mention first team. I gave out an effort award. One of the vultures uh, during a very heated wiffle ball game. Carrie, of course, threw out her back and I think oh. might have tore her Achilles. Oh. But, but I don't think so. But she finished, which She's is one gamer. of the reasons why She's I married. She did it in the first inning. Oh, yeah. I was all-time pitcher because I'm still having some hip issues. But one of the vultures dove three balls, had uh, blisters, and also had uh, – scrapes on his elbows but he made three outstanding catches in left field but they, he countered that with three errors and so i had to count that against the grade card but the uh it was it was great and uh you know as a as a parent when you go you i don't know how you are i'm a very conscientious like when we're on vacation even when they were little you're always worried about entertaining or sure, they're having, having fun, fun. Right. and you know that's the whole vacation and you got to balance well this is bruce and sherry's vacation too it's not just your vacation so there were some chores to do around the house, not, you know, yeah. on loan, loan groceries. And I, I just, my saying for the week was, hey, if you didn't pay for the house, get your ass down there and get the groceries. Yeah, that's your way of contributing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I took a portable weight worm. And so we had uh, a, mandato- por- a portable weight yes, worm. Yes, I loaded up the, the back of the truck. I took the total gym. I took uh, dumbbells up to 40s. Uh, uh, bands and the TRX and the training began at six oh five in the morning and they came in waves. Wow, it was great. I mean, what what better yeah, way? Sure, to spend vacation. family that sweats together. <laughs> yeah, nice. And so we we came back and uh, it was uh, it was good. So my my advice to you, if you're traveling with your kids, uh, vultures mm-hmm. slash unless they commit and get married, they still have to do this. Uh, everybody's in charge. The game that I won. Only one? Well, there was. I was limited physically. Okay, that's true. The game that I won was that you get a cup, like one of those red cups. Red Solo cup. Yeah, red Solo cup in a straw. You put it under the kitchen sink, and you find the – and you start running the water at, at medium. Mm-hmm. And you have to suck the water out of the cup before the cup overflows. So it's a mental toughness test. Think about it. So the 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 water's running into the cup. You're leaning over the sink with a straw. You're keeping the water from okay. overflowing out of the cup. Okay, I got you. I dominated. I won by 12 seconds. I went for 52 seconds of sucking water. That's impressive. Was Rick Spielman a clo- uh, not-so-close uh, second? Uh, Rick did not participate. He was at the other house. Well, he it, tapped out. But, but I was very happy to see that a couple of the vultures, the effort that they gave because they went out and puked in the bushes. Oh, there you go. That's when you really know you've sold out. <laughs> that went on there. Good, good. That's good that helps report. you be first team all vacation. <laughs> Growing up the is guy, a badge of honor. The guy that the vulture that won it was vulture number three that won the first team all vacation. Um, dominant and everything. I mean, really good, but. His effort's outstanding, but dominant in spike ball. Like, but the effort vulture number two is the effort guy. He's the guy that's diving for the okay. wiffle balls. Vulture number two also never played spike ball. Vulture number three destroyed him in spike ball with his teammate. And um, vulture number three was or vulture number two was in there watching YouTube videos that night and how to improve in spike ball. 
That's effort. That's now, <laughs> am I to believe that vultures number one, two, and three go in, or, go in order of age for your your yeah, daughters? Uh, no, vulture number vulture number one is is age, and he's around the most. That's yeah. Maddie's. Yeah, yeah. Vulture number two is Gina's. Oh, he's the effort okay. guy. Okay. He's been around second longest. I would have thought he'd be Macy's guy, given that Macy is. Well, all vulture about number effort. three is Macy's guy. Yeah. Vulture number four is Kendra. He's excellent at golf and actually dominant in wiffle ball. Smacked three homers wow. uh, off of me, which I had to start backing him off the plate. And vulture number five is Audrey's boyfriend. So I haven't heard him mentioned yet. I'm more. I'm worried he might not make the cut. Uh, he's he's doing a good. He he made big strides, and I I was in charge. He's <laughs> off coming off a little bit of a knee surgery, so oh, okay. I told his parents that I was being charge of his knee rehab. Uh oh. <laughs> so. So it was, it's all good, man. So we're we're backing at him and uh, glad to be back. There yeah, you go. There's a recap. You. Great do, to have do you. you. Does everybody, do you think, award, like, have an awards banquet at the end? <laughs> I tend to think no, but that's perfectly in character. <laughs> were, there, were there actual physical awards or no, I, I just, I brought him in just the, honorary? I huh? brought him in the room and told him. Okay. All excellent. right. What's going on Fantastic. in the real world? In the real I've, world. I've... I've, I've um, Disengaged from news, yeah. and I did talk with Rick uh, a lot of football, so Great. I do have some stuff on that. But. Well, Cam Newton is a Patriot. Uh, by that, I mean he's a New England Patriot, as long as they're allowed to be called the Patriots. I don't know if they're going to be able to yeah, keep that true. name. But, uh, yes, Cam Newton is a New England Patriot. He has signed a one-year incentive-laden deal for seven point five million million. Can earn up to, yeah, can earn up to seven, yeah. Um. Seven more in incentives? Is that uh, the amount can of earn many? up to $7 million for the year. That's all he can earn? Yeah. Oh, okay. If he meets the, all the incentives. Well, your it's friend, a one-year deal. So. Your friend Richard Sherman is very upset about this. Uh, he tweeted that it's a joke that Cam Newton uh, signed for that, given the fact that Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Tom Brady, Drew Brees all signed recent deals, and they're all making – in or around $25 million a year. But I would say uh, $7.5 million incentive-laden deal for a guy who's 0-8 in his last eight starts coming off his Frank surgery um, is understandable. Yeah. Plus, there's 32 teams out there that could have signed him for more if they felt they needed him. And Cam could have signed with anybody he wanted to sign. It's going to be an open competition, and it can be a big payoff for Cam if he comes back and, and plays to his former MVP level. And Cam Newton will get the twenty to twenty-five million dollars next year, but it, it's he's been hurt the past two years. He hasn't won games. If you look at his overall accuracy rate or percentage completion percentage, he's in the fifties. That's not good enough for an NFL quarterback. Nope. Cam, one of the beauties that Cam had and why I loved him was that he could also be a dominant runner and pick up first downs. And, and when Cam was doing a Superman thing and all that stuff. Dominant player, but you know, right now, he is considered a guy that if 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 everybody thought Cam Newton was a starter and Cam Newton was the former MVP that Cam Newton was, don't you think he would have had suitors all over the place? Well, it's most interesting to me that the starting quarterback, other than Jarrett Stidham and the rookies, because you can't know about rookies. The one that I have the biggest question about is Teddy Bridgewater, and the mm. team that signed Teddy Bridgewater had Cam Newton and decided yeah. they'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater. So well, what does that tell you? They ought to know Cam Newton best of all. Yeah. 
Um, and while you look at uh, Bridgewater, the one thing about Teddy was, we, obviously he had that devastating injury, but when he filled in for Drew Brees last year, he did not lose a game. Yeah, it's not a bad he team had, around him. And though. he had some, well, okay. But, I I mean, that's where we can get into an argument. Is the quarterback or is it the guys around him? I tend to say it's the quarterback. Look, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a really good player. I don't know. I think Carolina is going to struggle mightily this year. I'd be surprised if they win five ball games myself. Wow! And so I, but I just think that uh, moving forward, if you got a new coach in Matt Rule, former head coach at Baylor, uh, there are a lot of moving pieces, new players on the team. Their expectations and standards aren't very high. They might surprise some people, but if I had my choice right now, I'd definitely take Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. Okay. There's not even a question in my mind. Okay. Well, uh, the Patriots are a smart team. Nobody disputes that. And so uh, the Cam Newton signing announcement comes in very close proximity to the NFL uh, disciplining the Patriots. Remember the old Bengals-Browns huh? game and the New England TV crew was sure. filming it and everybody thinks that whenever there's a camera and the Patriots involved, people get very nervous. Uh, the Patriots have been penalized. And some people are saying they didn't get penalized enough. I think they got hammered on this. A $1.1 million fine, loss of a third-round pick. They can't shoot any games in 2020. And the guy who they had already fired is, uh, well, he's shunned. He's banned from NFL sidelines for indefinitely. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't think they got off lightly. A third-round pick? That's a, that's a big penalty. It's a huge penalty. I, I, they'd rather pay $3 million and give up would. a third-round pick. But once again, I mean, the Patriots, there's always seems to be a cloud of suspicion. I don't know if this was malicious or intentful or i have no idea i just know what's wrong you can't do that and you have to be aware i mean there's things so many things you have to be aware of uh and what's going on um by the way i i know you probably didn't get a chance to see it talking about third round picks which makes me think about the draft did you happen to watch the inside the vikings draft thing that i sent you or emailed uh did not i did not see it on my i thought you'd email. find it interesting i will and, find and it how the uh yeah. how the draft worked between the was pro- that the athletic story no, this was uh, the Vikings put this together, okay. and it shows the uh, how the communications were working during the virtual draft. How Rick communicated with all the staff. How Rick and Zimmer were, you know, they're just—it's like a locker room. Like they're 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 getting on each other. They're joking around. It shows them calling the kids. It shows them uh, how to respond. It shows Rick's making trades and what do we have with New Orleans when he traded with New Orleans when he traded with. Uh, I traded with so many people, I couldn't keep count. But it just uh, tried to trade your mom, but yeah. what was she didn't pass the physical? Yeah, the bad knees, center back. Bad knees, center back. Come on, Nancy. And she she performs well in the kitchen still. <laughs> By the way, was she on the trip? No, she. Uh, I think as we get older, and I think I'm going to be this way. It, there's if there's too many people, it's too loud. She likes she likes quiet. Plus, she okay. she wanted to take care of uh, Rick and Michelle's dogs while okay. they were gone. So, all right, what else we got? Uh, we have uh, the coronavirus back in the news. Does that mean the coronavirus is a threat? Well, I don't know. It's up to probably which way you lean politically. Uh, but the here are the numbers. The death says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The coronavirus deaths Sunday were down ten percent from last Sunday. Uh, 273 nationwide, which, of course, is not an insignificant number, but it is down 90% from the peak death Mm -hmm. day, which was April the 21st. Most people who are getting it now, uh, if you're watching the sports pages, that's 
where they are. They're young people. They're mm-hmm. under 30 years of age. Could be that's because pr- most protesters are under 30 years of age, too, and Maybe. this we're two weeks out from the protests, and I think that's not an insignificant contribution to this. Uh, but you had, you said... Um, Compliance meeting with the uh, Bowling Green last night. Yeah, so this will be fascinating because a lot of people... This is the number one question I get. Is there going to be college football? What kind of season are we going right. to have? So you have the perspective of a college Division One athletic program right. and what they're telling parents of students who are full scholarship athletes. Well, we had a great presentation uh, last night, and I thought it was... Uh, it's well organized. And you know what? I, I don't envy the task force or the, the athletic directors and all the administration that are coming up with the protocols because you can't come up with a perfect protocol. And uh, the woman um, who, who, was, who was on, this is her an name official was, representative yeah, of she's, Bowling Green. She's, uh, she's compliance. Uh, athlete. She was a whatever associate athletic director. Very, very well informed, uh, very organized. And, you know, I love what she said. Our number one goal is to make sure we have a season, right? That's mm-hmm. the number one goal for all the sports. Mm-hmm. And so we had the women's basketball meeting last night. And, you know, there it's everything is in phases, of course. So, for example, Macy's, the women's basketball program, because the head coach, there's already women's basketball programs back at different campuses because they have summer programs, lifting, sure. playing, all that stuff. The women's basketball coach at Bowling Green put the Bowling Green women's basketball team off until July 20th. Mace is going back up July 20th, but there's other programs, so there's they're doing phases now, and so they're kind of using those programs as, uh, not I don't want to say guinea pigs, but okay, how, is this work for this program? Sure. And so how I understood it, how what Macy's going to do, all the girls that don't have their own apartment are going to go into a Hampton Inn. They're going to stay at a hotel for three weeks before the dorms open up. And they they really want them just to stay kind of isolated for now. So, like, once they go in, they don't want them coming home or anything like that. Okay. Uh, but And I can see why, because they want to keep them as isolated as possible. They are, are going to be provided uh, gator mask. I don't know if you're familiar with a gator mask. I am not. I think it's those masks that people train in. I don't know if you've ever seen. Look it up while I continue okay. to talk and see. They each get a mask, one for uh, sports, one for um, just off the sports. The masks are going to be cleaned every day for them. And they're strongly encouraging them to wear the mask. Uh, and, and I think, Bruce, that they're dead serious about wearing the mask when they're in there. I mean, very serious about it. Uh, they're just being, and she even admitted, we are being extremely conservative. I guess, is that it? I guess that's what it yeah. says. Gator mask. So, it covers, so, I don't know that it goes this one. Yeah, I, head. It's I, one you pull up probably from the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's one you pull made up. Made out of neoprene. Yeah. It's probably cooling and all yeah. that stuff. So that's something that uh, they're going to, they're going to, and I think the biggest thing is they're trying to get them uh, isolated into a bubble. They have two international players on the team. Those two international players, one is coming from Japan, one is coming from Australia. Those two international players have to quarantine for two weeks before they're able to come back with the team. And it's kind of a good thing because, you know, their official practice, officially practice, I think, doesn't start for women's basketball until October, right? right? So they have some time to 
to figure us out. But it's just interesting the logistics that uh, that she was talking about because you got you got volleyball in in the in the building at the Stroh Center where the team plays. You got mm-hmm. men's basketball. I'm sure you'll have other sports in there where these teams have to to practice. So you know, there's sanitation, and I I, I got off the phone with Mace and and I said, you know, Mace to me. It it's all it, it seems like it would be almost impossible to get sick <laughs> mm. because of uh they're even gonna have their own balls that they use for originally to start and you know, they'll they'll keep phasing things in. But the good thing about women's basketball is like I said, they don't start practice until October twenty sixth. So mm-hmm. you look at football, football's gonna be seven or eight games in. Um so we'll see what happens. But I I found it fascinating. I, I really admired the the, the Bowling Green staff and, and all college staffs because they're trying, they're walking a the fine line. Sure they they know how important it is financially that they have sports. It's huge financially. And so they're trying to figure a way. And, you know, she said, look, the whole thing about this is everything is fluid and flexible. So we got to be able to adjust and pivot and do all these different things. Uh, this is what we know today. Which brings me to the news that you shared with me from a doctor mm-hmm. in in the Columbus area, who's on the front lines, and and I, you know, this is what my common sense told me. Mm-hmm. But if you read the news, you think it's Armageddon, but it's actually good news. Yeah, the news that's being portrayed uh, in a bad light is actually good news, according to this doctor who I spoke with who actually yesterday. Lives it, who lives it, and has lived it for months and months and months and months, is in in on the. Uh, you know, uh, most detailed preparations for how COVID-19 is going to be handled in central Ohio and elsewhere. And he said the numbers and who's getting it and the fact that most people who get it are testing positive but are asymptomatic is really good news. That It helps establish <laughs> us toward herd immunity and that the death rate is plummeting because we knew when we opened back up, it is a contagious virus. More people were going to, quote unquote, get it. But you don't have to make the connection that when you test positive for it, in your mind, you don't need to think, oh, my goodness, I have a fatal disease. That's not what it is. The more tests we get and the more data that we have of people who do eventually, unfortunately, succumb to the coronavirus, the death rate is declining precipitously. It's 0.26%. So, yeah. So from that's, the CDC. From the CDC. So that's really, really, really Great good news. news. And so uh, it is being portrayed as a, you know, humongous setback and fear, fear is being it's stoked. Unbelievable. And it's just uh, another instance where I'm really disappointed in uh, my former profession because I'm not going to claim being in that profession anymore. But it is a fluid situation. It does bear watching. It is something that you approach cautiously. But it's not bad news. So uh, it's not any different. If you're running a small business, you have to adjust to the situations that are going on right now. You have questions. You need answers. The answers may change. The questions may change from day to day. Who's on top of it? AUI Info is on top of it. Located in Akron, but licensed to serve the entire state of Ohio. If you're a small business owner and you have tons and tons of questions about compliance and what does this mean and what does that mean and how do we handle this and how do we handle that, well... AUI Info, Chrissy, Julie, Steve, and their staff of 14 other people, a small business themselves, they're prepared to handle it. And you'll be educated. They'll stay in touch with you. They don't just help you line up health insurance, help you handle HR issues, and then they're gone. No, no, no. They want to stay in touch with you. They want to know you. They want to become personal 
liaisons between you and the issues that you face as a small business owner. And they're a great company, highly, highly efficient at what they do, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. And the Spielman CBD, did that come in handy on vacation with the Everybody diving? Everybody used and, it. Yeah? Everybody used it, especially the the roll-on. I like the patches and the roll-on. I like the roll-on a lot, and I like the stuff that I put under my tongue. I don't like tasting it, but it certainly makes a huge difference in how much I sleep, Isn't the quality of my sleep, yes. And I... You were a skeptic, my I friend. I was a skeptic, and honestly, I notice a big difference when I forget to take it. Really? I really do. Good for you. Like I noticed, like I'm doing some projects here while my family's away on vacation. I'm doing some projects that, uh, you know, uh, I have to go up and down stairs a lot. I'm doing a lot of, you know, using a lot of muscles I don't normally use. And you found them, huh? <laughs> yeah, I finally located <laughs> When them. I was gone, you found I your found muscles. them, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you using, you know, my stash because <laughs> you probably don't have a whole warehouse full of that stuff. Thanks a lot. So if I am in pain, I'm going to blame you for using my CBD Health Collection Spielman branded yes. CBD oil. And it comes in soft gels. It comes in gummies. Everything. It comes in sunscreen. That's the first casualty of the Huli vacation. It comes the in girls, gummies? I haven't seen the gummies. Yeah, the gummies. I'm, I'm told it comes in gummies. I, I seen have yet. not had the gummies. But the Huli girls on vacation went tubing on the lake in Arizona with the hot Arizona sun. Yeah. And forgot that when you're laying on a tube on a lake in the hot, intense sun, sunburn results much quick, more quickly than it does in Ohio. Speaking of sunburn. Yes. The vultures were asking By me. By the way, they should go to CBDHealthCollections.com or SpielmanCBD.com. SpielmanCBD.com. I didn't put sunscreen on one day, and they said, Mr. Spielman, are you going to put any sunscreen on? And I said to them, uh, excuse me, the sun wears crisp block. I don't wear sunblock. <laughs> Chuck Norris-like, very Chuck Norris-like. Excellent. I don't put sunscreen on. I can't <laughs> but, remember the last time I put sunscreen on, I, which I, I'm not advocating for all of you. I'm just no, saying I don't do it. But... By the way, which then sent me to CVS yesterday to get hydrocortisone cream for oh, the for the sun poisoning that I have on my left shoulder. Ouch. So there you go. Wear sunblock, everybody. Did you do boating? Is that how you got sunburned? No, we had a, this great pool at our okay. the house we rented. So Outstanding. Fantastic. Well, uh, you are a Fox Sports NFL analyst. Yes, I, I am. I was wondering this morning if you've received any clarity on whether you'll be able to travel to games, or do you have a schedule yet of games you're going to do? No, and no, and I keep asking. I don't. I ask. I ask the people that I think are in the know. I don't go right to the mm -hmm. top because I would hear something if they knew something. Sometimes, so what I'm operating on is purely speculation and rumor. Two things regarding preseason. Those of you preseason football fans, uh, which I am a big fan of. One, because I do the Lions preseason games. And two, I like to see the rookies. And I like to see players that uh, might be underdog stories. All that cool stuff. Uh, I'm fascinated by everything NFL. And the preseason fascinates me. I do know this. At the very minimum, there will be only two preseason games. I don't know if I talked about this or not, but it's worth mentioning again. Mm -hmm. And it'll be one home game, one away game. Now, yesterday, I was talking to somebody that heard something at Fox. I mean, again, once things are always hearsay, and they have to start making decisions pretty soon. 
the two things that I heard yesterday was that there might only be one preseason game. We know the Hall of Fame game, of course, was canceled, which is sad. And that next year's the centennial class that was voted in this year. And, and congratulations to all those uh, fine gentlemen. Next year, they'll be uh, uh, honored. I don't know if they're going to have another class on top of that, but I think I know next year for sure. Are we going to have a Hall of Fame weekend at all? Is the whole I, thing No, canceled? I think the whole thing was canceled. Oh, yeah, that's really unfortunate. It this is. This is going to be the big unveil of the – Everything. Centennial, yeah. So I just think it's it's pushed back year, which is fine. Okay. You know, I, I I get the conservative approach. You know, I forgot the most important thing from my conversation with the doctor. What's that? He said we were going to have vaccines by the end of October. Millions and millions and millions of vaccines from two different companies. I know AstraZeneca, and I can't remember the other one. But he said the vaccines are being produced right now. They're you know they have a testing protocol that they yeah. go through. But he said. We're going to have vaccines by the end of October. That's great. So that's, that's really you, you, good for the sports. I buried the lead. Look here, here's, buried the here's lead. The, I was just going to say there's I proof told you that I'm you're not a no, journalist anymore. I told you I'm not. You're no longer a journalist, nope. and you did bury. That's great news. That's great news, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, doctor, for sharing that with Bruce so he can share it on our uh, uh, podcast. And so the people that are in the know get to know. Um, so, oh, the other thing I was going to say is, okay, so – we know that NASCAR, right? There's there's a limited amount of people uh, attending NASCAR events as far as the television production. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need camera folks there, right? Mm-hmm. NASCAR is doing what they call Remy, Bruce. Now, I know you know what a Remy production is. I don't. It's remote, so they're oh, okay. in a studio. So for football, you think about it, Fox, at the minimum, has six games a week that we put on the air. Mm-hmm. Now think of, even for ESPN on this, how many college football oh, games they goodness. put on a week. Yeah. This, you know, so, but for football, there's six games minimum per week, uh, and I don't think that's counting Thursday night, so maybe seven. So, I think that uh, some of the teams will be Remy, some of the teams will be on location to broadcast teams. Now, what that press box is going to look totally different. It'll probably be. Myself, um, and a spotter, and Tom. Now the press boxes. Uh, I mean, the NFL will probably be pretty stringent on this, like to keep as mi- least amount of people there as possible. Maybe the stats guy will be there, but there's everybody else is out, and there's you know there's people, there's runners, there's everything in there. You think you'll have a partition between you and Tom? Um, I doubt it. I I really I really do doubt that. That will be the case. I mean, I think it, it, it. A lot of it's going to depend on, and I think Fox is going to count on this. This is just a pure guess that, you know, if I have any type of uh, cold or fever, then, then, have, testing, yeah, yeah. That, then well, then I need to. I have a responsibility to be tested. It's my response. I think that's going to happen, and and, and certainly I would and, and and take care of it. But I, I, there might be some type of partition. But we're going to be together in preparation or in the same room all day Saturday. Think you'll be the wearing day. masks? Think they'll insist um, you wear masks as you're interacting? I don't know. Your you know what? I look at it like this. If my job asks me to wear a mask, then I wear a mask. Yep. You know? That's what I would do. Uh, yeah, I it, exactly. Um, I I look at it uh, from this point of view is, is that uh, I really think that they're going to look at how they can do certain things regionally. I, I really do. I don't know. 
I don't know if it's just coincidence that Tom, I mean, it is just coincidence that Tom lives in Cincinnati and I live in Columbus. Uh, but for me, I don't know if we're going to do regional games or how we're going to travel. I, I just don't know. But I think from our standpoint, uh, it's the numbers that football is going to do this year on TV are going to be insane. There's too much money involved not to have a season. Everybody talks about the college football season, right? I don't have any concerns about the NFL. I have a little concern about college football. Mm -hmm. I really do because, you know, it's different states. It's different health departments, what, what county the school's in. The NFL is a company. It's an entity. It's a national brand. They're going to make their rules. I don't know what universities. I know that the athletic department, um, from my understanding, in their approach to COVID-19 and prevention or uh, stopping the spread or whatever you want to call it, is a lot more stringent than the student body approach. In fact, the, the student body has looked at the athletic department's approach and, and has tried to implement whatever is possible. You can't obviously implement everything that the you're doing with 15 young ladies and a coaching staff on a yeah. girls' basketball team. So we'll see. Every, I think everything's still up in the air, but – I just think of if there's no college football and the the amount of revenue lost mm. by the schools would be devastating. Yeah, I think it would be devastating. And are, are you going to destroy all of that by young people that really statistically – don't get very sick. Yeah. Are you are you or going to don't certainly don't pass away. Are, are we going to destroy all of that by for this? And that's a decision that uh, people have to make. So here's the thing that I think some look, some will take this politically. It's not meant to be a political comment. It's just a, meant to be an analysis of the facts. Let's take the three levels of football, NFL, college and high school. NFL. First of all, you have a collective bargaining contract. OK. And so. They're adult men, and it's a lot of money, but the fan base is different than the college fan base. College has a bunch of optics and a bunch of realities that the NFL does not have. College has college football is an addendum to college. <laughs> the NFL is an entity unto itself. So if you're going to cancel, if you're going to have college football, you can't have college football apart from decisions and how those decisions impact your student body. You just can't. You can't ask college football players to play. It's a problem optically if you say it's not safe for students to be on campus, but we're going to play college football I, anyway. I disagree with that, but finish your point, and I'll tell you why. The other point that. is that if you're not going to have fans at, in the NFL, you cannot have fans at games. In college, if they're going to have some fans at games, they have to figure out how are they going to are they going to allow students to be some of those fans. I think it's a problem if they say, no, students can't come because it's like, oh, you're only letting the people come who donate a lot of money. So there's an optic problem. The other problem that college has that the NFL doesn't have is college is indisputably, it's the most socially aware, woke, whatever word you want to pick, part of our society. It's the place where I think young, idealistic people congregate more so on college campuses than anywhere else. Sure. And so if there's fear, if there's anything perceived as socially incorrect, social injustice, it's going to occur on college campuses and it's going to 
attach itself to college football. On the high school level, college also, by the way, and the NFL are equal in the fact that they're both going to have access to the latest data, the latest meds, and all that. High school level, not the case. They're not going to have, at your rural high schools, the access to all the latest numbers, all the tip-top medical care, widespread social pressure. There's going to be social pressure in some communities because high school football is important to play no matter what. There's going to be in other uh, areas, can't play. How are they going to figure it out? They also don't have the numbers in high school football that they have in college football. In high school football, you got 40 guys on the team and 20 of them are positive and you're going to quarantine them. You probably can't play the game. You just don't have enough numbers. So there are different challenges at every level. Yeah, there are. Um, one of the questions that was brought up last night. You don't agree. Address the point that you don't think it's uh, a problem of I think students could, not being on I, campus. I, I think you can protect football. the athletes on campus. After what I heard last night about there's a bubble you can create around your athletes where you have protection for them, you have isolation, you have uh, ways to, to deal with that um, and, and basically isolate and quarantine your teams. I believe... I agree with you, but I do not believe it is a stretch to hear someone complain about the fact that that treatment restricts freedom or is a form of slavery or something like that. I I get that. I don't believe we're going to go without that happening. I I get that, but I guess my point is the argument that I would make um, just because the student isn't on campus, as we watched in the spring, the campus is still open and the students are still getting an education. Mm -hmm. And even even um, the uh, athletic director last night was talking about that with with uh, students and, and Coach Freilich was talking about during this time they they're not making this mandatory. In years past, okay, you're on a women's basketball team, you're here July fifth, you're in summer school. They're not going to be in school. They're not going to go until the fall semester starts. Usually, all college athletes take summer classes, right? They're not going to go until um, the regular school or the fall semester starts. And we know that most universities are, are, are going fall semesters, and we know that the class schedule is going to be different. You might have, say, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. Monday and Friday might be online. Wednesday, you might be in class. I mean, they're, they're all in the midst of trying to figure this out, and I think they're making great strides. But if you're having that type of uh, atmosphere, you're doing everything you can do you destroy the economics of college sports and what it means to the university as a whole? Do you destroy it? I would not. I, 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 I've said on previous podcasts they need to get to the point where they push through yeah. COVID positive you tests and out say, all right, to, we're playing. This guy's out yeah. this week, but you, we're playing. You figure out how to deal with it. I agree with you. The other the other issue is that and as i said robin said if if a parent or a a player doesn't feel comfortable being there during this non-mandatory season they're fine with that you know they'll do it virtual training or whatever here's the thing with college too what i learned last night and i thought this from a um from a football point of view uh the athletic direct associate athletic director made the statement that the ncaa is not going to get involved with canceling any seasons it's going to be a i think a university based decision or possibly a conference based decision but as far as the NCA goes she doesn't think that their hands off on that this. feels to me like a liability protection thing on the part of the NCAA yeah but i i, I yeah 
Yeah, but I, I would think that the colleges would want to have some type of decision. I think it's the right decision because it is the conditions are way different in a, in all parts yeah. of the country. So I think it's crazy for the NCAA to make a blanket decision on all that. Now, uh, if you a are, vaccine's here, then that's I mean, the greatest news. But isn't what? It? Yeah, but I and if if the doctor says it, and you've shared many things with this doctor, he's not been wrong yet. He hasn't. And I have it all in writing because I kept it all because I use yep. it for education, right? And yep. he's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. In fact, sure is. DeWine should actually hire him. Should. Um, Governor DeWine, excuse me. I didn't mean any disrespect by any means. Um, the, the point that I, I think that I was making is that you have to be able to, at some point, understand what you're dealing with. And... With COVID-19, my whole thing, I was having this conversation with Carrie. Because if I go into CVS or something and I see cars in the parking lot, I put a mask on because I don't want to, if there's an older person in there or, which, you know, there's a good chance there's going to be, every time I go into CVS, there's always an older customer mm -hmm, in there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make anybody nervous or scared. Or, you know, I'll make sure that, one of the things that I'm an expert at, because I've been an expert at it for most of my adult life, is social distancing. I don't. I avoid people. You pioneered social. Distancing. I did. Um, from, you know, I don't like. I'm. People don't know this about me, but I'm actually a. You're shy. Shy and introverted shy. guy. I don't sure. want to be. I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to me. It's all type of thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just. It's just who you are. It's just. It's just how I'm built. So, but. Um, for so the mask thing, which is a big debate, and it's just it's crazy. I uh, I was telling Carrie yesterday that you know eventually you have to live live through this. You just have to go. I think back of the Spanish flu, and I remember the remember the picture we put up. I don't know if we put it up yes. on our of the, the Georgia 19, Tech game. Yeah, of the of a football game, nineteen eighteen during the Spanish flu. I mean. People sitting there yeah. with masks on. Eventually, we have to, you know, probably make a decision to just go. You just have to let her rip and go because we can't destroy our country economically. We can't ignore uh, the domestic violence rise. You can't ignore the suicide. You can't do this. You can't commit suicide. Uh, or what, uh, theoretically speaking, or or not theoretically, can't drive people to it. Yeah, you can't. We can't do that. I think that's more dangerous not to to move forward and press through this than it is to be, keep being a slave to this. As we get to the point where we assess the true death rate, which is well less than one percent. Yes, I mean back when we thought it was four and five percent, a lot of the precautions made sense. Uh, numerically, statistically, with the incalculable costs of domestic violence, depression, all the things that leads to economic ruin. Yeah, I agree. 100%. We have to move on. We got an interesting email about masks. It's a really great question. We'll get to it momentarily, but I did want to touch on this that I thought was a positive word of the day harbinger of the fact that Fox believes strongly there's going to be NFL football. They have backed out of their deal to broadcast the final seven years remaining on their contract with the USGA. They're not going to broadcast the U.S. Open golf. Fox had seven more years to run on a 12-year deal. Well, the tournament is the reason why I think it's a 
positive sign of football's coming, the tournament is delayed until September 17th to the 20th, which is right in the heart of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Joe Buck can't do the U.S. Open exactly. if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing an NFL Thursday game. and Sundays, Joe and Joe, remember Joe and Yeah, Troy. so I'm saying Fox needs its resources and its top people where Fox prioritizes they need to be. And there was also, you know, maybe it seemed to me like when you contract with the USGA, you don't just get the U.S. Open. You get like the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Women's Amateur, the yeah. Senior Amateur, the Mid-Amateur, and you got to put all that on your networks, and it's like, is that really worth it? Yeah. Well, I'm sure because they moved it, there was some type of violation or in the contract where there was, Fox is going to There must re- have been some out. Fox yeah. opted out. The USGA didn't say, hey, we don't like how you do the tournament. You're done. A lot of people Which didn't like how they did the tournament. I thought I did. they did a fine job. I, I thought they did great. Um, and that's that, not because I just worked for them. I just thought I enjoyed watching that coverage because i enjoy watching all the majors uh of golf uh, it's kind of like watching the world series or baseball playoffs but to me i'm when i look at uh, fox the other interesting thing is that the nfl contract between the networks and the league are up in 2021 mm. after the 2021 season so that gives them a little bit more cash, no to, more cash. There you to, go That's to play point. with, which is Ooh, TV very insider. important. Yep, TV insider go. stuff from Chris Spielman. Very good. Only on the uh, We Tackle Life. What is it? Spielman and Hooley podcast. We Tackle Life podcast. Okay. Yes, it's a podcast. Okay, Mr. Spielman. Yes, uh, we're coming up on our 150th episode. By the way, we've really passed. Yeah, we've passed well over 200,000 listeners. Yeah, it seems many longer than that. We're <laughs> yeah. not to our one year. I wonder how much yet. gas money I spent I coming out here. Too. I wonder, too. Uh, <laughs> speaking of money, uh, let's yeah. remember our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They I need more coffee. I got it in my car. Oh, Don't leave. I got. Yeah, it. I right. hate to give it to you because it makes my car smell phenomenal. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, yes, I have a box of coffee for you, and I have a check for COVID-19 relief. As you can donate mm. your 15% discount to COVID-19 relief by noting in the comment section when you order that you're a Spielman Hooley listener, but you'd like to forego your discount. Many of you have done that, and many of you have become recurring customers of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Spiels, he's probably glad he's back to his Hemisphere Coffee I after am. drinking whatever it was he was forced to drink on vacation. Uh, it is coffee. They say they shake the hand of the coffee grower. They buy it direct from growers in Indonesia, Ethiopia, Thailand, they're adding Ecuador. They have many different flavors. Ooh, I'm light medium, for the Ecuador, yeah, light medium or dark roast, and uh, it's delicious. And you get often you get a personal note from Andy when you order. So let them know you're a Spielman and Hooley podcast listener. You get the fifteen percent discount with the We Tackle Life in all caps discount code, or you can forego that for COVID nineteen. I actually, uh, since I got Emissary home, MSRCoffeeRoasters.com. As soon as I got home on Saturday, I actually went and I had a couple pods left. And Saturday, about 12 p.m., before I got on the Peloton, uh, I like to take a cup of Hemisphere on me on the, with the, on the Peloton. I'm the, I think I'm the only human being that drinks coffee when I work out. I don't know why. It's just a habit I had. I've not look, heard of that, but I'm sure you're not the only one. Uh, during the we'll whole see. workout? Gotta, when it's 91 degrees in yeah, my garagegym.com? It's, it's a little unusual. So... But what, what isn't unusual about me? I'm still trying to figure that out. That's true. Uh, all right, let's transition into yep. emails. And reminder, the email address, Podcast at gmail.com, is how you nominate people for COVID-19 relief. Did you relief. pick winners? I or? did not. I made an executive decision that since you're such a big part of that, and since yeah. the real reason was because 
I did not want to saddle Carrie with one more that's, thing that to do fair. after she got back from vacation. That was a good move. Or stress her out that, oh, this happened today and I have to, I wanted yeah. her to devote herself to vacation. She, uh, she did. Believe me, everybody. She injured herself playing wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. Yeah. Back and pulled her. Give uh, her some Spielman CBD. She'll be she was on a, in a car ride home. Took a bath in it. Just poured it on her. There you Felt go. better. I she bet your car smelled nice and menthol-y then. It's all right. When I'm driving, that's fine. She's sleeping. Don't worry. I'll get us home again. One of our most loyal listeners since okay. the beginning is Dan in Minneapolis. And yes. Dan is right in the wheelhouse of our demographic. He's a guy striving to be faithful in everything he does. Yeah. He writes very thoughtful, very insightful, challenging emails, and he holds me mostly accountable. I don't think he's ever had to hold you yeah, accountable, I think he's, but I need more work than you do. So, uh, Dan, well, I appreciate very much. So he, uh, Email SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And he says, Dear Bruce and Chris, I felt compelled to write after listening to Bruce give his reasons for not wearing a mask. And my reasons Was are, I here for that? Uh, I think you have been here. My reason yeah. has been I'm not fearful. I don't fear it. And I, I feel that wearing a mask communicates fear. And as a believer in Christ and that God is sovereign and in control, I don't live with fear. And I believe God walks us through all circumstances in our life. So that's why I don't do it. And I also don't believe that it's... Uh, it's hard for me when they say, don't wear a mask. No one wear a mask. It doesn't help. And then later they're like, no, you got to wear a mask. Like, mm -hmm. Okay. So to continue Dan's email, I too am, un am comfortable and do not fear the results should I get COVID-19. However, I was reminded of two verses of the Bible when praying about it. From Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. The second verse Dan cites is from Romans 15.1, and it reads, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and, to, and not to please ourselves. So he cites those two verses, and he writes, As a fellow Christian, isn't it our duty to protect our fellow brothers and sisters, especially those who are weak? We have no idea who is more susceptible to COVID-19 or not, so if wearing a mask will keep others safe, don't we have a duty as Christians to do that, even for 30 minutes of discomfort while grocery shopping? I would feel terrible if I was an unknown carrier of COVID-19 and somehow passed it along to someone because I failed to wear a mask and they got sick or worse. This is something I'm really struggling with because I don't like wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I am healthy and I am not afraid, but I am torn because my faith is telling me to suck it up and wear it. This is why I wrote because I wanted your perspective as fellow Christians. Thanks, Dan. It's a great email. Thank you, Dan. I feel the exact same way. I think anybody that's intellectually honest with themselves feels the same way. That's why I assess the situation uh, I went to Home Depot yesterday mm -hmm. to get something. Um, Carrie and I went, and I put a mask on because there was a lot of cars in the parking lot, mm -hmm. and I don't want to make anybody nervous. Uh, I'm not afraid, but some people are, so I didn't want to make anybody nervous. I went to Kohl's yesterday. I had a bandana, uh, just a regular bandana, mm -hmm. just to cover, just in case I sneezed or I coughed, that maybe there's some blockage or I, you know, I'm, I'm the expert of putting... To wear it in or have it in your pocket? Uh, put it around my neck, okay. then I walked in. Oh, here's what I did, okay? I was in Kohl's yesterday. I'm walking down the aisle. There's nobody within 50 feet of me. It's just the way it is, Yeah, you're okay? all alone in there. Sure. Yeah, and, and I'm walking down the aisle, and it's I don't like it, so I took it off. I have access to it. Mm -hmm. 
if there was somebody coming down the aisle that I saw walking, I saw other people do this too. I, I took a little, I did a little experiment yesterday. This gentleman was walking past me. We were about 20 feet away. He looks at me. I look at him. He pulls his mask up. I pull my mask up. We pass each other. I put my mask back down because there's nobody else in sight. We go to the checkout line, which is big. You, I like how the, I mean, I, I like how the, the stores yeah, have the, assisting us, yeah. the six foot spots. There was a big line. So when, when I'm walking up to the line, before I get within 10 feet, again, I'm very aware of social distancing. I put the mask and I pull it back up to make people feel comfortable. I do uh, honor that mask when I'm around people or, or a lot of people. I wear it. I don't like it. I don't think it helps. Uh, I understand that if I have a quick sneeze or a cough out of nowhere and I'm an asymptomatic carrier, I, like Dan, would feel awful if I were to pass something on yeah. to somebody else. So that's my general rule, how I think I satisfy both sides. Yeah, I here's my approach to it now is I have a mask with me, and if I'm at a place uh, that requires them, Costco, Menards, I wear the mask. Um. I have the option at my church to go to a service at 9.30, which requires masks, or to go to a service at 11, where it doesn't require masks. I go to the 11, because that's the one I always go to after Sunday school. We're not having Sunday school right now, uh, at least on, you know, on location. We're having it on Zoom. Do it outside. But, but yeah, well, I, we might. But <laughs> if I... I don't want to go down that road. But if... If I could only worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ wearing a mask, I would do that. But I have an alternative, so I choose the alternative. Right. I have, an and ev everybody else is choosing. Yeah, and everybody. And I, so I'm assuming they're all the they're all like minded, or they wouldn't be at the eleven o'clock service without a mask on. I have a choice in home improvement stores. Lowe's and Home Depot don't require a mask, so that's where I'll go. I don't get. Here's what. Social distancing, the mask thing is, for me, I, when I go to these stores, I'm not interacting with people. I'm not pausing and talking to people. I'm not getting within six right. feet of people. I'm six feet away from everybody. Right. So as I understand it, there's no way I can give it to them. You know what? And if I'm going to sneeze, I run to a place, which I haven't had this happen yet. Or you but, can just pull your shirt over your nose. Yeah, or something like that. Shirt. Or I would run to a place and you know sneeze into my elbow. The other day at church at 11, Sherry had to cough or sneeze she got up and left the sanctuary just mm. because it's a you don't want to yeah. make people nervous the scripture that comes to mind and i've cited this is as much as is possible live at peace with all men all people that's from the apostle paul now sometimes it's not possible to live at peace with everyone because right. they react to what you do but i'm not trying to offend people i'm not walking into Costco with a mask on and writing on the front of the mask, this is stupid, <laughs> you know, even though I might think it is stupid or this is yeah. unnecessary. I'm not trying to be provocative. If I Like the other day when I took the family to the airport, I had a mask around my neck walking in because I assumed they'd require a mask at the airport. They didn't. So when they didn't require a mask. On the airplane they do, though. Okay, right? so the girls the and Sherry had masks with them. So I took my mask down from around my nose and mouth right. because – wasn't required. But again, I didn't get up close to anybody well, other than my own family. I, I want you to ask our doctor friend this question. Because the athletic director, and I wasn't sure I heard her right, but 
you know, she, she had a little bit of confidence in saying that, you know, in order to be exposed to this, it's almost like you have to be around a person a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be like face to face or in close quarters for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's it. what the, I've seen that research out there that it's not nearly. First of all, we had the whole thing that people were afraid you could get it off surfaces. And then they said, nope, you can't get it off surfaces. Yeah. And, you know, we're learning more about it as we go. I do not think it's an insignificant virus. No, it's I'm not it downplaying the severity of yeah. it. I respect it, but I wash my hands a lot. I'm just not out and about people. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not in a situation I where I have Maybe to be mine. out and about people. The other day I had a business meeting Friday. Uh, the woman I was meeting is a longtime friend of mine. She uh, was wearing a mask in her store because... I believe all employees of stores in Ohio are required to wear a mm -hmm. mask. I had a mask with me. When I saw her in the store, I, as I approached her, I said, do you want me to wear sure. a mask? She said, no, you don't have to, but I do because I work here. Yeah. I'm like, okay, are you sure? I don't want it. She's like, no, it's fine. So we went and ate lunch. Good. She took her mask off. So I'm trying to be courteous. Yeah. Um, but I'm also trying to remove myself from, from situations where I have to do it. Will I go to the memorial tournament? And wear a mask and outside in ninety plus degree heat and humidity, not unless I'm working. Are but they, if I'm working and I have to wear one, I'll honor Tom Sprouse and yeah. and Dan Sullivan and the other people at Muirfield, and I won't be a problem for them. I'll wear the mask. Yeah. So I think I hope that helps, Dan, because I think Bruce and I have a the luxury of that we're not around a lot of people. I'm not. I'm not during the day. I assess the situation. I'm always aware of my environment and always aware of my surroundings and i'm always observant of people and so i, I base my decisions off there i have one ready readily available if uh it need be um so again it's it's about respecting uh others and respecting the virus and i don't want to be an asymptomatic carrier and pass it on to somebody else but i don't put myself in a position ever to pass it on to somebody else because I'm never with people more than 15 minutes and I'm rarely in big crowds. Yeah. And if I am, like say I start working and I'm flying on an airplane, I know that I believe most airlines require masks when you fly. I haven't flown in a long time since football season. So we'll see. Yeah, and you and I made a an allowance when we were in that period of time that we weren't sure about the contagious nature of the virus to do the podcast apart. We've since decided that you don't have a problem with doing it in the same room with me. I don't have a problem doing it in the same room with you. We used to do it from one table. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live, I used to sit right here closer yeah. to you. Now I'm sitting further away. I don't know that we're six feet away, but I'm kind of trying to talk this way. And, right. You know, so I, you know, you and well, I have done this a long time I together. did it because I did a public service announcement for the state of Ohio, yeah. Governor DeWine. And we talked about that, that to be yeah. authentic, we needed to separate yeah, I mean, for a while. But, and we needed to. Then I educated myself and said, okay, well, the goal was met. Yeah, so, lowering the curve was met, no doubt about yeah. it. So let's transition from there into the faith portion yeah. of the podcast. Before we do, uh, let me again remind you that if you need a law firm and no matter what, you are uh, in need of a law firm for, whether it's personal injury, employment law, 
wills and estate planning, social security, disability, workers' compensation. There are many other things beyond that, but those are pretty comprehensive specialties that they have at Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys in Hilliard, and they're easy to locate on Truman Boulevard, beautiful offices, lots of room there, easy to social distance. When you request a meeting with an attorney, you will meet with an attorney, and Stan and Kelly and their entire staff do a phenomenal job. They are um, of the highest integrity and character, and that's what you want in an attorney to handle everything in your life. You've reached a point of success in your life where you have crossed a lot of things off and checked a lot of boxes, but you don't have a law firm that you trust to handle anything and everything that may crop up in your business or in your personal life. would highly recommend Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. Willis Spangler Starling online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. What else? Spielman CBD. Uh, yeah, I'm very close to. Uh, hopefully, I can nail this deal down with Pet Lambs because we have CBD for dogs. So I'm, I'm working on a deal with Pet Lambs. The big the- German Shepherd is taking the CBD for dogs every day. How's he? How's he doing? Twenty two drops on a piece of bread <laughs> with some uh, wet enjoys, dog food. He wolfs it right down. <laughs> and honestly, um, we do think it's helping. It has uh, IBS. Oh. So yeah. yes, I've I've experienced his IBS yeah. on the bottom of my shoe. Oh my goodness! When yeah. I used to park where you should when, experience when, it cleaning it up off the garage floor. When I, when I <laughs> that's a real experience. He when, saved his best for me once the wife and kids were gone. I have a 19 year old dog, so uh, I'm I, I keep feeding him fresh fresh pet and CBD, and it seems like I've added years to his life. So check bigger, it out. The bigger the pet, the bigger the mess. So, um. Uh. So yeah, what do you have? Uh, how did you connect? Uh, did you connect as a family or anything faith-wise yeah. on vacation? Yeah, we talked about everything. We talked about life. We talked about everybody and, and getting everybody's perspective and, you know, a lot of different dynamics. And, you know, uh, obviously, if you're involved with my family, it's a faith-based family. So uh, the couple of kids were doing Bible studies while they were there during the day and, you know, just hanging out. Nothing, nothing, uh uh intense or over a period of time but there were obviously praiseworthy moments Uh, each night before dinner i had each of the young men say grace uh they were responsible for that and you know just i listened to uh hear what they were saying and it was uh you know for for young men uh as a father of daughters you'll you'll find this you know you you want your daughter to find a god-centered man because you think that, you know, the, the choices and decisions that he'll make. And if there is a future with that couple, uh, you want that person to be God-centered because, and you understand that if their relationship grows and blossoms to what Steph and I, Carrie and I, you and Sherry's relationship is, you want God to be at the top of that relationship. Uh, so, yeah. But um, for me, so I was driving home and, Carrie, of course, was snoring in the passenger seat as I'm driving. And I'm thinking about what a great trip we had and how lucky I am, how blessed I am, and to be able to provide this, uh, to be able to, um, in the midst of a turbulent time in our country, to have an escape for a week, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, instead of constantly going to God as my personal genie, which I do often. I just sat there and was thanking God and praising God. You know, you're great. Thanks for doing this. All that good stuff. 
Then I was reminded of this verse, uh, Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so I did. And, you know, it made me happy. It made me happy to get away from negativity. It made me happy to just, you know, not worry about, is the NFL going to play? Is it not going to play? Uh, if the NFL doesn't play, am I going to be furloughed from my job? And what am I going to do if I don't have a job? What's what's my backup plan? How can I uh, still generate income? And I just got away from everything negative mm-hmm. for a week and focused on the positive. You know, like making up a. I had everybody. Noah, uh, he and I were writing scouting reports on all the vultures. You know, like what. They do well. Uh, good lateral movement in spike ball. Excellent golfer. Very good in our chipping and putting contest. Performed under pressure. Uh, gets along well with the teammates. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what? good. That's good. That's, but that's fun for that's us. That's fun. <laughs> I think that's great bonding. You and know, I think that's fantastic. I was sitting here thinking, that's really cool. That's great. <laughs> So I love your verse. I've thought yeah, of that verse a lot lately I, <laughs> because it's easy to get sucked into negativity and right. And I've tr- I've struggled with it, uh, and I've been asking God, "What's what's my place? What's my role? What can I do? What should I do?" There are a lot of things I can do. Many of them are things I should not do. Um. So one of the things that I've thought about is. As a Christian, we are to filter everything through the truth of the Bible. And so how can I help people be analytical in their thinking, be spiritual, be godly, be Christ-like in their thinking? And so I've heard several messages, and I've prayed about this, and I've thought about this, and I've thought, you know, the best way to encourage that is to ask myself questions about what do things mean? And, and I've noticed that there are some new terms making our way into our common language. We're hearing a lot of terms. And they are, many of them are embraceable terms uh, that sound impressive. Critical race theory, um, intersectionality, um, lived experience, things mm-hmm. like that. And so as I've been diving into what those terms mean... I've come across a scripture that before I had read, but I never thought about, and that is Paul writes, and he says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, Hmm. neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, you have to know at that particular time, Jew nor Gentile means everybody in the world. Okay, You were either a Jew, or if you were not a Jew, you were considered a Gentile. So that's like, you know, you're either American or you're not American. That's everybody in the world. Right. Slave nor free. You're either, at that time, you're either enslaved or you're free. You're either a man or you're a woman. So um, you're all one in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying is that God does not look at you by the group that either you identify with or that identifies with you. That God looks at you individually. God looks at your heart, and it's a personal relationship with him. That he is not, uh, he does not favor whites over blacks. He does not favor Jews over Gentiles. He does not favor men over women. He does not favor anyone by group. And God's 
it's been said the Jews are God's chosen people, but Jesus came to make salvation available to all. all, to all men and women. So, you know, it's remember at this time where we're so encouraged and tempted and lopped into groups and this group against that group, that is not of God. That is not in line with godly thinking. God does not prioritize one group over another, one group's agenda over another. Whether it's a whether it's a racial group, a national a nationality group, a sex, political a this, group. a political group, anything. God is about a personal relationship with you and people encouraging you to identify according to your group. You are you are being tempted to prioritize something in your life that is not godly. And I would encourage you That's with good any term That's really smart. with any term out there Shocking. to look at it by what does that term mean and then when you know what that term means, not like, well, that's an embraceable term. I can't speak out against that. No, know what it means. And then when you realize what it means, say, is this something God would say, yeah, that's good. Go with yeah. that. And in, in the terms of intersectionality, where it's everything's my group. I don't even know what that means. It's, it's groups, intersectionality. Oh. It's like this group, that group. You're in your group. You know, like the whole, like... Um, if you're white, you think this way. If you're white, you vote this way. If you're black, you vote this way. You think this way. If you're this or this. No, God, he says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. You are all one. Christ looks at every one of you. He knows each one of us individually. I was marveling this morning. I sat down and I thought. It's a great point. God, I missed a couple calls yesterday on my phone and I thought, you know what? God never misses my call. Oh. Every time I say I want to talk to him, he's like. Bruce is ready to talk. Bruce is ready to listen. Bruce is ready to wow. hear. He's always like he's on call 24/7 365. So that's because you are he is personally related to you. He he relates to you personally. You know, it's it's interesting that you just proved that there is a God for those that are skeptical out there because God knows it. He's the only one that can get you to listen. Bruce is ready to well listen. Said. Well said. How was Twitter this week for you, by the way? I, mean, I have stopped reading my mentions. Not because I'm getting crushed on anything, which I'm sure I am, but that's okay. Uh, but because, like you said, uh, it's really good when you can fill your mind with something other than yeah. div divisive things. I mean, and it, it entices me to a bad place. I mean, when this COVID started, it was... I, I, I don't have a medium switch. I, I really don't. I, I, won't, I wish I did. I'm either, when I'm all in, like with COVID, like I'm reading every study and yeah. taking time, and, or I just can't have a part-time switch. I just, I'm not built that way. I wish I were built that way. I'm not. So uh, what I've come to uh, compromise with myself because I believe in being balanced mentally, spiritually, physically. I believe in educating yourself. Um, I allow myself a limit. And I, I don't look at news or I'm not looking at Twitter. It's just I, I, there's other more important things that I'm, I'm trying to do. Now, that doesn't include like football news and yeah. all that. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, All right. we'll be, uh, back be back on Wednesday with another edition of the uh, We Tackle Life I, podcast. I, I, I saw uh, Le Maurice out there. 
circling. Circling. He was driving up and down the hinterland road. Well, he wouldn't come out. He was uh, too busy, but we brought him in on Zoom, and he did great. I don't know if great is a word I would use. (laughs) (laughs) He did uh, as good as anyone could do uh, apart from you. Because now we have a bigger show. Now we have a bigger show. (laughs) Sure, here. That is right, man. That is so right. Uh, It's good to have you back. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you again on Wednesday.